I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Top of the Key. I'm Grace, and as always, I'm here with Thomas. Um, for a week with no real WNBA events, there was quite a bit of WNBA going on. Yes, which is always nice to see. Yeah. Um, it was the NBA All-Star Game this week, and um, the big event, seemingly, of the weekend, unless you count uh, the East scoring 200 points. Um <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Silver looking absolutely pissed off about that, um, was Steph Curry versus Sabrina Inescu, which I, I watched live. I thought it was super fun. Yeah, I watched it after because I, I was at a wedding, <laughs> so I didn't see any of it. But it was fun, and um, I'm glad it was close, and it seemed to be like something that the W and the NBA could kind of do with other people too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was such a success in terms of people, like, caring about it that I could see them kind of doing more joint things together around All-Star Weekend, especially with how badly All-Star Weekend went outside (laughs) of this for the NBA. Because, like, the duck contest kind of sucked, and the All-Star game definitely sucked. So, like, this was the highlight of the event, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Steph won with, what was it, 29 points. Sabrina got 26. 26, yeah tied her with Dame and, and the other people who got 26 during the three-point contest. And she was shooting from a line she doesn't shoot from, no, I mean, in-game. Um, but she looked she looked great. I mean, just coming in second to Steph Curry is a win. Yeah. Especially I mean, that like, close. Exactly. Steph is the best shooter ever, question mark. If he's not, then he's, like, number two behind Reggie Miller or something, you know? Yeah. Or, like, Ray Allen, if you really want to get out there. But, I mean... That's an incredible. It's an incredible look for her too, because she. I mean, if it was the if she if it was just a joint NBA WNBA three point contest overall, then she comes in second. So, because Steph would have won that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they were both in just a regular three point contest, and she is tied for second, right? Because Dame yeah. won with twenty six. Yes. So, like that's awesome. 
Yeah. Uh, what wasn't awesome was um, Kenny Smith's general vibe. Yeah. It was <laughs> um, it was interesting, to say the least. It was one of those things where I was watching it live. It was at a friend's house, and my, you know, one of them is like a basketball person. The other two weren't, and but he doesn't watch the W. And we were watching. We we're like, oh wow. I was like, yeah, she's really great. He's like, yeah. And I could tell that, like, him and there was another guy in the room, their vibes were, like, they were liking what was happening, but the words that were being spoken made them sort of second-guess them thinking this was good. Like, Kenny Smith started going off on, like, well, she should have just shot from the from the W line. And it was like, she scored 20, like that. And Reggie Miller was there. But it was Reggie Miller, right? He was basically being like, no, this is great. Like, let's not. And then... The worst part was the double down. Kenny Smith then doubled down and said, actually, I was being supportive, which <laughs> is wild. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it was just a weird vibe for an event that, like, everyone else involved seemed to not think that way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you said Reggie Miller was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think this is going to be the end of this. I, I said it the night of, and I could still see it happening, that they might flip this around and do a rematch at the WNBA All-Star Game. Because, again, it's another good way to bring in NBA viewers who are going to go, oh, I want to watch Steph Curry right now. And yeah. he's not going to be doing anything in the offseason. It's not like it's not like the WNBA where half of those players are off in different countries. Like, he's just going to be vibing in L.A. or wherever. Um, I could see them. There's already been the chatter of next year doing a two-on-two, um, which I wouldn't be surprised if they for, – for the – marketing reasons and also because she's great bring caitlin clark into that um but yeah i definitely see this continuing yeah that feels like um an, an asia type beat too where she would be involved in something like this because she's a huge name yeah well she was at the the all-star game in general there was a lot of presence yeah she was there the yeah <laughs> um but like i i also i find it in general that these two leagues really do support each other in a way that like even like mls and the nwsl don't you know like yeah like it's just they they truly do feel like i know it's because the w is actually owned by the mbi right they're they're owned it's like a subsidiary type thing um, um i am i wrong with that it's weird i'll look it up i i know that the word they always use is like um they're sub like subsidized but i don't know that they're owned you know what i'm saying it's weird i it's the women's counterpart to the NBA. Um, it was approved. Is there like a because the because the MD, <laughs> the NBA board of governors like originally approved the league yeah. to exist. So they have some type of um pull with the NBA. But regardless, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're like, connected in some significant way. But it's it does feel like the players themselves really do care and really do yeah. enjoy. Um, like NBA players go to WNBA games all the time, and vice versa. And it doesn't really feel fake. It feels it just feels like they genuinely like to support each other, which is cool. Yeah, I, it's uh, we're Liberty fans. Feel like half the time the Nets are on the, the yeah. It's like the there's court. so many that's and and even watching Nets and Knicks games, there's Liberty players there a lot. Yeah. Like so, it's not necessarily like just one sided either, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of W presence. Generally, they had the celebrity game where they had Asia Wilson as one of the coaches. Jewel Lloyd and Natasha Cloud played. We got the greatest 
clip of all time of Jewel Lloyd smiling, turning around, seeing Asia Wilson and the smile just falling as Asia Wilson looks pissed off. I have watched that <laughs> a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> um, but they they had the um the two v two on the Hennessy court that was broadcast exclusively on Instagram in a sideways view. So you'd either have to turn your phone or your laptop or whatever you're watching it on. That was great. They did such a great job, you know, with the setup of that. Yeah, it really does feel like for the longest time, the WNBA not knowing how to get more eyes on their product all of a sudden. once I feel like once they were like, here, league passes like $5, go buy it, and you can watch every game that has ever been broadcast with no <laughs> blackouts. Like, literally, it felt like ever since then, it they figured out a lot of stuff with this stuff. Like, that's a great thing because a bunch of people probably just logged in, and that might have been the first w related thing they watched and then you know yeah it's just a way to get eyes on the league in a way that's unique yeah um and it was also what was great about the 2v2 grouping is that like the four players are like some of the most i think at least personally for me like the most fun to watch players in the league like just as players with natasha cloud arike um jewel lloyd and jackie young like those are some of my favorite players because they're so much fun to watch so there's no one better to really put forward this weekend than like here are our best and yeah. brightest like look at us yeah because there's a, it's an, also an entertainment product so it's best and brightest and also in a situation like that when you're playing two on two you want it to be fun and funny and you know what i mean yeah because that's like that's it's it's low-key it's way more low-key than a normal game obviously yeah um but yeah, and then fine. I mean, you even had during the um, during like some of the press conferences. Obviously, they had like Jokic talked about Sabrina Ionescu and stuff like that. But you even had just LeBron James bringing up Caitlin Clark just of his own volition, being like, "Oh, did you see that?" Like, there's it does feel like we've reached a new point in saturation because a LeBron James is mentioning Caitlin Clark, but b he can just say, oh, did you see what Caitlin did the other night? And we all know who he's talking about. We don't need yeah. a last name and ex explanation. It's just, oh, did you see what Caitlin did the other night? Yeah, of course. We all did. Yeah, for sure. It should, it, the, the league's growing, and it's growing in a way that's like, it feels very healthy. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be, this season's going to be a lot of fun too, because again, you're going to have the Caitlin Clark media circus coming to the league. Um, and that's going to put eyes on Caitlin Clark and also the rest of the league. Cause you're going to now yeah. have people going, Oh, I want to see like, cause again, we, I see this narrative constantly. Oh, she's going to come in. She's just going to dominate or whatever. She's not. But what that's going to do then is people are going to watch and go, wow, Caitlin Clark just got like slapped down by John Quell Jones. Who's John Quell Jones. I got to figure, I got to learn, you know, a ton of yeah. stuff. Not, not that people don't know who John Quell Jones is, but the saturation of the name Caitlin Clark right now is going to lead hopefully to the rest of the league getting that saturation. For sure. I agree with that. And it's just in general, it'll be nice to see more people who are, who, cause I feel like more people care about the, like women's college ball a lot more now too. So then naturally, if you have been watching Caitlin Clark this whole time, you're going to be like, Oh yeah, let me just follow her career. Yeah. And that's that's really nice. That, that's really cool to see too. And that's how new fans get born. Yeah. It's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun summer. Um we'll take a break and when we come back. There is a little bit of WNBA news from this week uh that I can't wait to get into. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, and we're back. So we got um, official confirmation from Kathy Engelbert, literally right after I praised her at the end of last week's episode, uh, that... (laughs) There will it's, be. It's, it's the duality of men. Uh. <laughs> 13 teams in 2025. We are rocking with an odd number of teams. It's so funny. <laughs> it's it's just, A, so stupid. This is so stupid. B, this was completely avoidable. Like, they rushed the, the Golden State news, and I get why. They thought, oh, we've got Portland in the bag. It'll be fine. And then they didn't. And now yeah. they've announced Golden State. They can't they can't unring that bell. So like they're just they're now gonna rock with 13 teams and 22. This is gonna you know what I'm thinking about too? This is gonna be the weirdest expansion draft of all time. It's just them picking in a real. <laughs> it's just them being like, here, do your picks. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it it's literally gonna be like, just give us a roster of 13 people <laughs> or whatever it's gonna be 12 people, and they'll like just call it a day. So it's like, I'm just, oh my God. And it like, she dropped this news all-star game weekends because obviously it was like, cause like I didn't even see it at first. I like saw someone reporting on it and I was like, oh my God, this is, we're, we're doing this, which we're doing this. I, again, I can't wait to see where team number 14 ends up playing because I really feel like it's going to be something bananas. Honestly, it feels a little worse to me. It, it it feels a little worse to me because there was an other, another team that was in, and then they were like, no, 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 that's not <laughs> happening anymore. And then they were just kind of like, well, there's nothing else we could do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and th- that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't feel like they've made any steps to try. They were like, we're going to have a 14th team by the end of 2023. And then there was no even like, this is a league where rumors get leaked, at least a little bit. You would hear, oh, this team's in the mix. This team just made a pitch, but there was nothing. It was just like yeah, we promised. There was no, there was nothing at all. There was nothing at all to suggest that there's any any other city remotely close to the situation. Which I mean, all it takes is a city to just be like, it'll just show up on Twitter one day. But it's just funny. It, it's also it's one of those things too where it's like the two top team like area names we've heard. Obviously, Portland fell apart. And the Toronto team fell apart even before that. So it's one of those things where it's like we need one group to just hold it together for 30 yeah. seconds and get this team in the league. Exactly. But, yeah, so that's I, – I, how many episodes does we spend last year going, well, hopefully we'll oh my have God. more yeah. Hopefully we'll news. have more news. And we, we didn't <laughs> – we, we just yep. didn't. <laughs> This was the more news. This is real chaotic Kathy hours here. Um, This week was like, there wasn't a ton of, obviously, almost all the free agency stuff happened. So like the big, the big signing news this week was the Liberty signing Kennedy Burke to a protected contract for the veteran minimum. Ooh, Like it's a good signing, but like, 
this is where we're at now, kind of. It's all the it's stuff is dying down. Like there's trades that'll happen. So like we're gonna talk about one in a minute. That's a bigger deal than this. But for the most part, there's just a lot of the free agents who are left are just gonna sign for. It's it's more about fits than about big money stuff. Like this makes sense for Liberty because they're pretty cash strapped and they need high upside people. And Burke won an MVP in France, so this is that's the type of swing you got to take when you don't have money. But also, it's not something that's going to get anyone jumping out of their seat anymore you know yeah it's also they gave her the protected because they couldn't give her more than the veteran minimum so this is like the trade-off that a team has to make now we left open a protected spot so that we would be able to get someone for less money um but hopefully this turns out to be a good signing on the margins because again there's the way the team is constructed there's a lot of like we need the margins to be better the the core is good everything beyond that needs to improve yeah, they, they pretty much decided they're going to run it back. And, like, when we're talking about the the, the, the long-term, like, not the long-term, the, the bigger names, they're pretty much just running back what they did last year, which obviously it went to the uh, final. So I get why you run it back, but also it lost the final and mostly didn't look great. So I, not look great isn't strong, but the Aces were just the better team the entire time. So, like they're going to need something to catch up to the aces and hopefully these signings um like these these depth signings end up being a little more upside than we're looking than we than it seems right now and i think they're taking the correct type of swing if that makes sense yeah i mean if if burke is good if Feebich is all that we've heard her to be um and if sabali can can build off of last year it, it yeah. does feel like there's probably that like this is gonna obviously it's gonna be a good team, but like this will be as good as advertised because again, it's not you don't need someone to come in and be a good starter, you just need someone to be good for like 12 minutes a game, and yeah, that's they easier. Need a, <laughs> they, they need more depth because they're just the aces are still better and they need to make up that gap. And the only way they're gonna do that if they're if they since they decided to just run everything back, which, I mean, to their credit, I think they tried hard not to, and it's just kind of worked out that way. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah, they 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 need the depth signings to be good, which they are taking some smart swings on it. So yeah, uh, all that's left for them, other than if they make a few, I, although I can't see them making that many more depth signings because they've already made a bunch. Um, all that's left is the Stewie contract, which. Who knows when that's made official? I assume they're waiting for all the money chips to fall. Not that there's a ton of them left to fall, but I don't know. Who who knows when yeah. that gets announced? We know she's coming back, so it's not like it's not like I'm like, oh man, who I'm biting my fingernails. Like I'm basically sitting here waiting for the rush that happens when I see the she's resigned social media post, and then I go, let's go, and I get really excited for the day. Yeah, I'm just really thinking about what the contract looks like. Honestly, I I know she's coming back. I'm just curious to see. If it's two years, if it's just if they're gonna do this whole thing again next year, if she um, leaves some money on the table, if she takes all, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. really what I'm interested in now because obviously she's coming back, and barring a trade, they're not really gonna bring in anyone that's gonna take up a lot of her cap, like a lot of money that this um, promised to her through coring. So yeah, it's just kind of yeah. waiting and see what's going on. Yeah, as as. ESPN reported during their free agency special that they heard it was a one-year contract. So, um, 
I that as of this makes point, the most sense. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming, and then they see what they you know do next year because again. NECA only signed a one-year contract. So if she decides next year I want to try in New York, you know, you're going to have to move some money around places. And we saw John Quell Jones took a took a bit of a pay cut, actually. I don't think we talked about that last week, but she's only making 195000 a year, which is even less than I expected her to take as a cut. Yeah, she's definitely leaving some money on the table, which was interesting because there's not really anything left for them to do. So I was curious to see that she did that, but it might be just kind of uh, helping them out for – reinforcements during the season if they need it or something like that but yeah i mean at at the end of the day they're both going to get paid more by the liberty post we're assuming um the opt out of the cba and renegotiation of it because they could opt out of it whenever yeah so it's that's interesting the other interesting thing is and we talked about it a few weeks ago whatever ends up happening with marine johannes because they did offer her a contract so whether or not, because there was, and that, that's another thing about the John Paul Jones um, pay cut. It could be that. It could be yeah. Johannes they're waiting related. to see if she can, in fact, come back after the uh, Olympic break, which would be the most insane thing. Like yeah, I, like it's like a trade deadline acquisition. Yes, and it's literally Marie Johanna shooting one-legged threes. Like <laughs> I can't. I would go ballistic. So I hope they don't let me. Not that it's them, it's stupid prioritization and France's national team. Um, but the other, we, we hinted at the other um, deal that happened this week was the Chicago Sky traded Julie Alamond, Lee Yuru, and a 2025 third round pick to LA for the number eight pick this year. Okay. So, so what is LA pick now? Uh, two, four, and 12. Okay, so that makes, I think this make this is one of those Honestly, I feel like a lot of the deals in a lot of these deals that like the, the like LA and kind of the Sky made too are kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah. the Sky are just totally rebuilding the entire thing from the ground up. So yes, get that eighth pick. And LA already has two first round picks, so might as well or three, I guess, because twelve. But um might as well trade one of them for some people who can help you now. So Yeah. Like LA is not as bad as the Sky are, so it makes a little more sense that um Oh, excuse doing me. This. I think but they're you... only picking the Sparks are only picking two and four because I believe they traded twelve to the Dream in the. I mean, um, even so, oh, still even two so, and four. Like, you're building your team because you're going to get two top four picks in a really deep draft. Exactly, and they might have done the calculus and said we don't know if we can fit three rookies in the rotation. So da da da. So and they might have looked at the draft and been like, eh, we'd rather these um, players at eight, like basically taking. Um, Alamond and, and Yeru at eight instead of whoever you pick at eight. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And it makes sense for the Sky because they just need young people in the room. Yeah, and now they have the three and eight pick this year. It's not a bad, I mean, for all of the, the falling flat on their face in regards to free agency and then essentially having to, the being forced into a rebuilding period, uh, having the three and eight picks in this draft is pretty, pretty good, assuming the people who are projected to go don't stay in college which um is a thing it that can happen <laughs> yeah as we've learned um but yeah this is going to be a uh um, when's this draft this draft's what beginning of beginning of april let me see i'll look up the exact date right now okay it is april 15th Ooh, i'm gonna have to plan we might what day of the week is that let's see um I'm, I'll open the calendar up. I'll this is uh, 
riveting radio. Yeah, it's a Monday. Monday, so we'll have to plan our um our recording that week to be after that draft. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not a ton. How many times have we said this over the past however many months? It's not a ton going on right now, but Athletes Unlimited starts pretty soon. Um, as we all know, March Madness is coming up real quick. I think we're less than a month out from the the women's uh bracket starting. Um. But yeah, we're kind of in a we're in another dead period after free agency. So this was our yeah, this like because like... a, a lot of the things <laughs> happened, and luckily, like I'm happy that it worked out this way because it made made the league kind of everything was happening with the yeah. league at at once, which is nice because it was very fun, and that's how I'd rather the off season be like that than be like a baseball off season where like multiple players are unsigned by now. Like obviously, it's a different a whole different vibe, but like. Now we could kind of talk. We could start getting to talking about how teams look and stuff like that, and actually have yeah. opinions on rosters because yeah. they're mostly set outside of trades. Yeah, yeah, and especially like now, it kind of also feels like all the trades have pretty, other than like minor trades like this one. Like, not that getting the number eight pick isn't minor, it, but like it's it's, it's not, minor not, in the grand scheme of yeah. like the. There's not going to be like a John Paul Jones trade happening. I'm assuming. Yeah, like not not her being traded, but you know what I mean, like level. Yeah. Yeah, that it'll be funny as that happened at this point. That was the Kalia Copper trade. So like, it, it'll be funny. We're recording this on Thursday. It'll be funny as like, in like three hours, some crazy shit trade happens, and I'm like, oh, lol. <laughs> like last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why don't we we'll we'll end it here with our W news, and we will come back and talk about a um uh college hoops week with a pretty seismic event in the middle of it. All right, and we're back. So, as I just said, uh, last week we recorded. I'm, we finish, I eat dinner, I go out, I'm going to a movie, I'm driving, and I look at my phone, and I see, I believe, a text from you, and right up below it, the notification that Paige Beckers announced that she was staying at UConn, and I almost crashed my car. Um, this is not... I wouldn't think, I don't feel like this is completely unexpected. I had like the last couple weeks, especially I felt more and more like of the top three or four names in the draft that could go back to college. She felt like the most likely one to go back to college. Um, But this is still huge. It's one of the top three picks, just not in this draft anymore. Yeah. I mean, she's probably going to go one, one next year. Yeah. Um, Whoever that is. Uh, It could be literally whoever. Um, Yeah. with how the W is, but yeah, I'm, I'm assuming she's the one, she'd be my early one, one favorite for next year. Obviously things I, happen, but. As of right now, I feel like there's one out, out barring some major breakout or whatever. There's one scenario where she's not the one, one next year. And that's if Caitlin Clark, for some reason, decided to stay in college, like then I would be like, okay, there's a toss up here now and probably leaning towards Clark. But yeah, as of right now, I think she's a clear, one one for next year. Um yeah, it's gonna be heavily Yukon. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, like Ozzy Fudd is next year too, right? Yes. So like that's gonna be early. I also don't feel like this is this might be the last of like the huge names, like the top five picks or whatever, but I don't think this is the last one we see. I think no. we get more of these. Um, I don't know who it will be. It could again be anyone. Um, I 
I mean, the one I've felt like probably should just to rebuild some capital, and we talked about this before, is Haley Van Lith. I don't know why you wouldn't if you were her, because you yeah. are currently not a first-round pick at this point. Yeah, that's tough for her. But also on the flip side, do you want to go spend another – do you want to waste more time at LSU? Like, I don't know, because that just didn't really work out for her. So I don't know if it's going to work out for her more next year, and then she just rebuilt like, – she transfers again. Like, I don't, I don't know what you do for that <laughs> scenario either. Like, that's a tough one on that end, because that's like a kind of a damned if you do – because she just kind of had a unexpectedly rough season. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't think this is going to be the last. We'll probably be talking about more of these, especially once we get into the um, tournament, because these players have to announce that they're entering the draft within forty-eight hours of their last game. So we will probably be getting more of these over that period of time. Um, but yeah, this was crazy. Um, I, I think. Are you surprised? No. I don't know if I'm surprised, but I think if you asked me, I would have said that she's not going back. I feel if you had asked me to put odds on it, I probably would have been somewhere around like 60-40 that she leaves. So it like I would have guessed she would have stayed she would have went, but her staying doesn't shock me, especially like if you had asked me two months ago, I probably would have been like 80-20 or even more so like 85-15, something like that. Um, but I feel like the last few months, listening to the way that everyone around that team has been talking, I think I think this clearly is a desire to have that team together. We talked about this. Have yeah. that team together. I think they want to win. Yeah. I year. think they want to win together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they could. Like, if that team's healthy, they could definitely win the national championship. So, like, yeah. I don't blame them. And also, like, there's no huge financial bump from going pro for them. Like, yeah, Paige, Paige Recker's going to make bank no matter where she... Like, she's going to make NIL money or she's going to make whatever WNBA money. So, I get staying for that regard. So, like, there's no financial commitment to leave so then it's easier for you to be like yeah let me go try to win a national championship at UConn and <clears throat> which would be crazy because UConn might win the national championship again this year like the men's team so yeah because uh, <laughs> they're they're better than they were last year honestly so like they they might that that might be a thing if that's a whole they want to kind of run college basketball which is cool but I don't know maybe they just want to run it back like actually run it back and all play together which is kind of cool yeah. Um and I you you said we don't we don't know who's going to be picking first overall. It could be literally anyone, but the very interesting wrinkle here is that um the should the Mercury, which is less of a chance, but should the Mercury fall apart this year and they get that number one pick, the Liberty retain the right to swap picks. So the Liberty could get that number one spot without any of their own doing. And I believe, I don't know if it's a straight swap or if it's the same thing that the like right to swap the numbers. Um, but the wings have that with the sky next year. Um, so again, this could be a case of like the wings go to the that's playoffs. A, that's and a tough then... one. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a tough pill to swallow for the sky. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where, it also could happen even if the Sky are terrible last, this year. And, like, even if the Mercury are mediocre, they're, like, fine. Because we have no idea how this is going to shake out. Um, last year, they were terrible. And the way that they determine the first, n- number one pick is, and, and the lottery picks, is a combination of their last 
like their last two years records. So both of them are kind of like screwed by the sky are going to be terrible this year. Mercury were terrible last year. So they could actually like, it's not that far off. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, both teams are going to move up. I think both wing, both the wings and the Liberty are likely to move up in the draft. And also like Becker's going back to college, going back to college um, helps lengthen the draft in a way for these teams where, if the Liberty are picking three, then they might, or two, they might get the former first. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a, a surprise for, uh, and it could also be Becker's at 102 or something if uh, someone else pops in college. Like, And of yeah. course, there's a lot of, there's still names in college that are good and will be getting better and stuff like that. You know how that works. So, yeah. So it's going to be, uh, we're going to have a lot of draft stuff to talk about over the coming months. Um, and then the other little bit of college stuff I wanted to talk about was because uh, it wasn't a huge week for for college sports. There were no huge records broken or anything. But Brittany, yeah, Brian we're in the we're in the dead zone. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're this the, is like you're talking about. You're talking about the dead zone for uh, the professional sports of the off season. This is a dead zone for college basketball because everyone knows where everyone's going except the bubble teams. Like the only yeah. people that this part of the year matters for is like bubble schools who are trying to get into the tournament. Yeah, uh, but Brittany Griner had her number retired by Baylor, which was um, it was really nice to see. You could tell it obviously meant a lot to her. Um, they had you had Nate Tibbetts there, Nick Uren or Uren. Uh, I hope it's Uren. I can only imagine the bullying he had to put up with with that last name. Um, Christy Tolliver, uh, Sandy Brondello was there, and. Um, I get that this is the college season, so she couldn't be there physically for probably a myriad of reasons. But we didn't hear a peep about this from the um, college coach who coached Brittany Griner for all four of her years at Baylor, uh, including the championship seasons uh, season that they they had together. Um, Kim Mulkey, again, nowhere to be found during this moment. Are you surprised? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I didn't surprised. Coach. Yeah. <laughs> It's the the most uh, predictable silence ever. Yeah. Like even <laughs> like, to, even not to like put out a thing, a statement is wild though, because she didn't do that, right? She didn't say anything. No, not a, I, not a peep. Not a peep. Yeah, because I didn't see anything. If she did, like if anyone listening saw that she did, like please let us know, because I didn't see a damn thing. I will actually. <laughs> I will again. Fascinating radio. I will search. Kim Mulkey and see if I can come up with any. Although I get the feeling most of these tweets are going to be. I can't believe Kim Mulkey didn't say anything. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like it's just another thing with Mulkey that's so rough about her public persona and probably her private persona. Yep, nothing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Kim Mulkey did tweet out a huge to retweet a huge shout out to LSU's group of student managers. I mean, good for them, good, but also good for them, but. <laughs> You should probably say something about your former player who is one of the most famous WNBA players ever and also went through a harrowing experience. You should probably yeah. have said something. Yeah. I mean, we know what she said about that harrowing experience. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was it was nice to see that that moment for Brittany. I love that the new Baylor coach is like absolutely the I mean, obviously, he's so hype for Brittany Griner, is always talking about Brittany Griner. Like 
she's i mean not that Malky notices because she probably has like cold blue blood pumping through her veins at any given moment but um <laughs> like you know like it's nice that Brittany Griner has one person at her alma mater who actually cares and not the coach who was with her for four years but this new person who's there who had never met her before she's really cool um yeah yeah it's just it's a nice moment for for Griner obviously yeah. Um, and then finally, and, wanna... and well deserved because, like, oh, absolutely, she she was she was so big at the time, especially for a time when women's sports were like definitely not as much on the forefront as they are now. But yeah. I, I I remember her being like everywhere, you know, I mean, which was so rare at the time. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't really into basketball at the time. wasn't into women's basketball, definitely. But like, that was when I was in like early high school was around that time like right middle school early high school and like that is she is one of those names that like i always knew who she was and that's that says something because especially at that time Mm -hmm. period it was like kind of a low point i feel like for women's basketball especially wnba like that was not she was all over sports center and yeah like on the cover of magazines and shit like that like so it's well deserved for sure um, and then just finally, I, I want to bring up that, uh, what is it today? Is it today that this was put out? Uh, yes. At 9 a.m., a new mock draft on ESPN, ESPN. It accounts for Beckers not being in there, for all the trades and everything. Um, this is, again, it's a deep class. They have Angel Reese going sixth overall to LSU, uh, to, to the Mystics. Um, oh, that'd be fun for them. That'd be a yeah. nice pull for them. Yeah. Uh, so the the picks they've got obviously Clark one one to the Fever, uh, Brink to the Sparks, Ricky Jackson, who is the only oh, one. The Sparks are probably like, thank God we don't have to make that choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, because between like the hometown kid and also uh, <laughs> probably the better player in Beckers or the better prospect, I think it's not it's close. Like Brink is yeah. really good too, but. Um, but yeah, they're gonna, this guy would get, uh, Rikia Jackson, who is the only person of like the, a lot, most of the major names here who does not have that year of eligibility. This was her COVID year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she's getting drafted no matter what. And um, they have her three. Yeah, they have her at three. They yeah. have Camilla Cardoso at four to the Sparks, uh, Aaliyah Edwards at five to UConn. She also could go back to college this year. Aaliyah. That would be I really see funny. If, if like all the UConn kids are like, no, we're, we want to play. Like, I don't know yeah. what we have to do to play together, but we're going to try. Uh, Reese at six. Uh, oh man, I'm going to fuck this game name up so bad. I feel so bad. Um, Nyadue Puok from Australia at seven to the links. I apologize. I'm going to learn how to say that before the draft because I don't want to fuck it up. I'll probably Google it right after this. Um, Alyssa Pilly at eight to uh, the sky, Georgia Amori to the wings at nine, JC Sheldon at 10. Uh, they have the Liberty getting charisma Osborne, which is like the third draft I've seen that says this. So I'm just assuming she's yeah, coming the, here. It's either the, yeah, there's probably some smoke there. If three mock drafts at this point. of said that, yeah. which is fine. I'm fine with that. And then the dream at 12, taking Elizabeth Kitley. Um, and the thing is, is, like, I've seen people have a bit of outrage about, like, this name or that name isn't in the the first round. And, like, I get it. Like, these names probably should be in there. But also this draft is so deep that I feel like the first few picks of the second round could just be first round picks as well. There's more first round talent than first round picks, like, straight yes. up. 
and I feel like that's going to be a thing that um, the first round talent coming out of these in these coming out of college into these drafts or coming overseas if, in some cases into these drafts are going to overtake the first round in terms of talent. I think it's going to be like that for a while. Yeah, because I think they drug their drug dragged their feet too long with expansion yeah. <laughs> because the, like I've said it a few times now, but the game is getting too good at the amateur level, quote unquote, amateur levels that like, if you pick, like if you're bad and you're picking one Oh one and two Oh one, you're getting two first round picks. Like that's yeah. kind of just what it is, which is great for those teams, but you would like to see more expansion. So more people have jobs. Hey, I mean, because- we're getting a 13th team. So be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how that's going to mess up the, the next year's draft. Like, where so, are they going to pick? I When was the last time that the league did expansion? Because I remember seeing... Um, I remember seeing that, like, the last time they didn't get to pick first overall. Like, I think they pick right after the lottery. That makes sense. Let me just Like, make them the last that. lottery team? Because it's not really yeah. fair. Because, like, they just joined. It's, they don't have a record to go off of. Um, oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy. What is going on on this page? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just apologizing to anyone listening. Uh, I feel like the Wings... No, they were founded in 98. I have no idea what I'm talking about. There's one of the I, West teams. I, I I don't remember the last But, like, expansion. I do... Yeah, I, I... Here we go. Expansion draft history. Uh, 2008. It was the dream. Okay, so when the Dream joined the league, they were also the only team in their expansion draft. <laughs> Perfect. How, how how does this league exist? <laughs> the the Dream ended up picking eight, but that was a pick that came from Seattle. Okay. The also, when the sky, the sky were the expansion before that, and they were also the only team in their expansion draft. This is normal. Um, First two picks in that draft were Candace Parker and Sylvia Fowles. Jesus, <laughs> like Allie Quigley wasn't picked until the second round. That's crazy. So when it when Atlanta started there, so their first pick would have actually been the fourth pick, but they made a trade. Yeah. Um so Seattle. I wonder if it's I wonder if they did like a the first three picks are lot well that's the lottery, right? Yeah, so it would be like the first four picks. So I guess that the lottery then it would be number five. Yeah. Yeah. So I assume they'll pick number five. That'll be in that area, like middle of the first. Okay, that yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And they'll get a good player there. Oh yeah, of course. Um, but I was just wondering because you know how that that stuff is always funky, like no matter what league it is. Yeah. So, but you can't have them pick too late because then it messes that up. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's not quite fair because they have nowhere to build off of, but also like they're not, they don't have the like worst record. They're not terrible yet. It's also the issue, (laughs) and it's also like it kind of screws the really bad teams who like have the first overall pick and then like you plan for this and then they're like, oops, a new team that didn't exist when you were bad <laughs> now picks. They get page backers. Yeah. Like, like they, they get Candace Parker instead. Like, could you imagine yeah. that'd be kind of wild. Now you just get Sylvia Fowles. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Damn it. Ah, this sucks. I'm just going to trade her. 
Uh, Could you imagine? No. <laughs> just get mad about that. Like, I don't want her. Um, all right. I think that's it. Do you have anything else you want to add? Mm-mm. So thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter or X or whatever at TOTKpod. And you can email us at TOTKpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, We will be back next week with the same 13 teams. (laughs) 